0: Small businesses are closing all over, churches are doing the same, and every major gathering in our nation has been canceled. So how can we draw strength from each other in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis? We're the Benham Brothers, and this is the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we believe entrepreneurs and business owners were made for moments like this. And leaders like you were not just built to survive, you were born to thrive. Our guest today is Tony Perkins. He's the president of the Family Research Council. He's the leading voice in D.C. for family values. And in 2016, he helped architect the Republican Party platform before President Trump came to office. He's happily married for 33 years. He's got five kids whom we've both met, all amazing people. And he's no stranger to loss either. Hurricane Katrina wiped out his house, and he lived in a trailer for a year trying to rebuild that bad boy. So without further ado... Here's Tony Perkins. Well, Tony, we really appreciate your influence in this nation leadership at such a time as this. How are
1: you seeing COVID-19
0: impact families the most?
1: Well, it's uh, it's impacting in, in a uh, a number of ways. In fact, I, just on my radio program, I did a poll question asking families that question: How is it impacting you? And one of the things that's it's interesting that impacts in most is the inability to. Uh, continue to meet with extended family members. Uh, And that's happened in our own family. Us too. Um, Not able to see grandparents because they're in that at-risk category. My oldest daughter, who was a trauma nurse, volunteered to work in the hot zone at the hospital with the uh, coronavirus patients. So she's having to live pretty much in isolation in a travel trailer. So we don't, I only see her from a distance because she's most likely probably carrying the virus, so it's uh, it's it it's affected relationships in from that sense, but also kind of drawn people closer together because a lot of the distractions that are out there you know the the sports the entertainment all that's gone yeah. um, and so it's it's been kind of neat to see families just kind of interact with one another a little bit more.
0: you know it's interesting because uh our dad's a pastor and I was talking with my dad, and, and we were talking about uh, some passages in Scripture where, you know, we look at America and we look at any of the, generally, the economic problems around the world or even in our own country, it always goes back to the breakdown of family. And, and, and it's so interesting that as we're listening to the news, even several weeks ago, it was people need to bring their kids, uh, don't send your kids to school, keep them at home, don't go to work, please work from home. People need to be quarantined to their home. It's like, it's almost as if while not making light of the virus itself, it's truly, it does hurt, but it's our focus is back at home. How are you seeing, like, what are you, what are some of the obstacles and opportunities that you're seeing for families in the middle of all of this?
1: Well, one of the things we've been encouraging families to do, men in particular, fathers, husbands, is to take the, the spiritual leadership role that God has given them in the home. And, and I was just actually talking about this on my radio program. I've, I've enjoyed, even though we've done it for years, but we've not missed a beat not being able to go to, uh, to church in uh-huh. um, congregate with the local congregation because we have church at home. Um, And we've done that uh, for years. We have our Sunday devotion, our our Sunday discipleship time. And so we've just kind of expanded. That's our church service. Now we do uh, tune in to some worship, uh, some of our favorite worship leaders online. Yeah. you know we continue to you know we haven't missed a beat spiritually in fact uh, it's it's actually deeper because we have more time for conversation we're not running here and running there we're at home and quite frankly i'm i'm uh, still busy because i'm um, we're working from home and and everything continues but uh, the commute time ha- has given us more time to spend as a family wow
0: that's so good and and obviously david and i we really feel you know called by god to help entrepreneurs leaders run their businesses. But we, we don't run businesses for ourselves and just to make money. We do it for our families, ultimately. And yeah, and you are the I Ching, the main cheese over at the Family Research Council. So obviously, you know a few things about family that, that we might not even know. Uh, but that being said, I love what you said about um, being able to, you didn't miss a beat when it came to actual home church right? It's not just you abdicate your responsibility as a leader and you sit everybody sit on the couch and watch your church, which I do encourage people continue to watch your church and continue to tithe. But this is a great opportunity yes. for dads, you know, to step in and take that leadership role. What are some practical things that you can do to help other business leaders out there who are finding themselves having church at home, but maybe they don't know exactly what to do?
1: Well, we actually started in uh, January of this year a two-year uh, journey through the Bible, and we, we, we've we got a number of our constituents across the country, supporters, thousands of them joined with us. You can actually find out more about it. Go to frc.org slash Bible. Pick right up. It's about 15 to 20 minutes a day worth of reading, and it's Monday through Saturday. And then on Sunday, you just have a discussion time. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a theologian. Right. just to discuss what you've read. And so what makes it dynamic is everybody in the family is reading it. And so we have a couple of questions that we put out for uh, the leader, the father, whoever's leading it, to ask during the course of the, the, the day. And uh, I use it. I text it out to my kids every morning, 7 o'clock, no matter where in the world I'm at. Uh, I could be halfway across the world. And I still text them those questions mm. based upon the reading. And so Sundays when we get together, it's just a discussion. What did you learn this week? What did you? What did the Lord show you this week? So it's not like you have to be this great Bible teacher. You certainly can do that. I mean, I do a devotional, but it's more of a conversation. And it's amazing. We've been reading through numbers and the Out uh, or the breakout of these plagues that occurred as the children of Israel were moving into the promised land. It's just been fascinating to see how timely God's Word is, even for the times in which we live. So it's made for some fascinating discussions with the kids. And of course, my kids range in age from 28 down to 12. So it's been a a great time for us. And I, I think it's one resource that years ago I looked for a devotional guide that i could use for the whole family and i looked and i tried this i tried that and and uh you know exhausted in my search i decided to use the bible <laughs> Oh, that's so great you
0: know i'm convicted though i gotta be honest you know david and i are communicators so naturally i get together for our little home church i've done it for about the last three weeks that we haven't been going to the organized church uh in a building And honestly, I've just been like trying to teach my kids and I've noticed they're like falling asleep on me and stuff. (laughs) And what you just said with just get together and like, what are you, what have you learned? Well, like, what is God speaking to you? I think that brings great accountability. And as a leader, especially a business leader, I'm busy doing things. That's convicting. I think I'm going to do that. (laughs) I love it. Hey, Tony, uh, this is David. I I wanted to ask you a question. How can churches be a strategic
1: partner for the government during times of crisis like this? Great question, and you know we shouldn't be looking. I'm, I'm disappointed with some of these churches that are kind of continuing to meet, even though governments have said, the government officials have said, don't meet because this threat is serious, and it is. And I've met with some of those pastors and and pleaded with them to to cease having their meetings because they're putting lives at risk. I don't think we should be looking at what we can't do because we can't meet. We should be looking at what we can do to meet the needs of those in our church and those in our community. We've got a resource page uh, at uh, frc.org slash churches that uh, has all these kind of best practices, these ideas of, number one, how you can meet. In fact, I'm organizing in my home community in Louisiana on Easter Sunday, a drive-in Easter sunrise service that we're going to be doing. People drive in in their cars, and we're going to be broadcasting it over an FM uh, station. And so nobody's going to get out of their cars. They're going to be there. It's like an old-time drive-in theater. Oh, that's they're great. Be there. We're going to have the music. We're going to have a message, prayer. Um, and so think. don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. Think outside the box, the four walls of the church. Um, we've had churches that are turning their nurseries into daycare centers for first responders who, you know, they have children who are not in school now, and they uh, they have to take care of the kids, but yet they're first responders. They're medical workers. So they're watching some of their kids or they're running errands for those in the high-risk categories that are uh, not able to leave their home. So their students that are out of school are helping run errands, pick up groceries or uh, medicines that they need, all kinds of opportunities to serve if, we'll again, not think about what we can't do, but think about what we can do and not look inward, but look outward.
0: Oh, that's excellent. And you know, that's a call to small business owners inside the church, those that have faith. Jason and I talk about the faithful five, your faith, family, finance, fitness, and friendships. You want to own every area of your life. You want to be an expert owner. And and I love that pivot. It's don't think about what you can't do, but think about what you can do. That's fantastic. And I've got a question for you. And I want to pivot just a little bit to policy because, I mean, you, you, you've got your finger on the pulse. You know what's going on in D.C. Uh, a relief package of $2 trillion has just been handed down. And for those of us in small businesses, uh, we're like, "Wow, this is amazing! It really helps us out a lot." But at the same time, it kind of um, challenges my small government view. It's like I don't want big government. I don't need. Gov- I don't look to government for my. Uh, government didn't help me start my business. It's not going to help me run my business. What is the impact on family in the future? What are the? What's going to be the impact of this stimulus bill on the future of our children? Obviously. You probably won't know exactly. None of us do. But, I mean, this is uh, it's $2 trillion we just added to our debt.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. I, I've been wrestling with that question because um, what we've seen happen, and I go back to I, I've been involved being from south Louisiana, a number of natural disasters, hurricanes and floods. And I go back to Katrina back in 2005, which was uh, the, the, the most expensive natural disaster up to that time point. Mm. and uh the government responded i mean they just threw money at the problem and they had uh, you know bought these mobile homes these trailers everywhere and they just spent money you know dollar after dollar after dollar and that became a pattern it became the standard of how the government deals with things is they just spend more money money that we don't have that's why we now have over 23 trillion dollars in debt which will be passed on to our great grandchildren if we can maintain our economy under the burden of that debt now that said you know i've wrestled with this because as a small as a uh, a small government person i don't like big government i don't I've, even when we had the floods in louisiana i didn't uh, you know our family did not participate in those government programs we trusted the lord to 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 lead us through that and So I've wrestled with this policy, even though I will say that as the policy was being drafted, we worked with the government, uh, our allies on the Hill, to make sure that churches, nonprofits, and families were properly covered in it. If they were going to do it, we wanted to make sure that they were not excluded in any form or fashion. This is… a bit different in that this is the way the government sees of doing an infusion of capital into our markets in order to keep our economy moving right yeah. they they believe that without this we would slip into a very serious recession if not depression and so this is a quick infusion the best way to get capital into our markets, into the economy is through uh, the, the – the, it, it's not really stimulus. It's more of uh, these businesses, these individuals who were told by the government not to meet, not to work um, because of this, uh, this virus. And so as a result of that, the economy has taken a hit, and the government is saying we're making this decision to infuse money, into our economy through those that were affected by the virus, based upon our guidance.
0: Yeah, and this and it is rocking our worlds. A lot of us who are who are small government guys, uh, but obviously David and I can see, and I know you can too. This is really going to help a lot of businesses, specifically small yeah. businesses. What I loved that I that I've seen over the last few weeks is is the public-private kind of merger together to, to attack this crisis, how the government has yeah. tapped the shoulder of businesses oh, yeah. and said, come and help us. So obviously, we can see big businesses coming in to help the government. Uh, what can small businesses do to pitch in and help? You got any ideas in that front?
1: Well, you know, I've always just found find a need and meet it. You know, find a need that's out there and just and meet that need. And the thing about this administration, this president having, you know, being a businessman, he looks at he's a problem solver and he looks for the best way to solve problems. He's not just you know he's not a politician. And I'm I'm quite frankly, grateful, very grateful that he was at the helm when this occurred and not somebody else, uh, because I think his leadership has been uh, remarkable during this and having. Having been through, as I said, some of these natural disasters and worked with uh, some leaders just at the state level. And there's, this is much different because at a state level, you can always rely on another state or the federal government can step in and be helpful. But when you've got the entire nation affected by this natural disaster crisis, whatever you want to call it, where do you look for help? I mean, the president can't look anywhere else. He is it, and I think he's providing uh, really good leadership at this time. And I pray for him every day, and I would encourage uh, your listeners and uh, those that follow you to, to pray for him and his team as well. I think they're doing a great job, but the burden is immense.
0: Yeah, that's one of the best things that we can do. If we're going to own our faith, then we want to pray for our leaders. We definitely need to do that. And, and back to your point about the president and his leadership— I, I really appreciated how uh, on the White House lawn, uh, there at the, I forgot where it was. Anyway, uh, he, he says, okay, well, we have 1,700 Google engineers that are building the website. We have here, we have Target, we have Walmart, we have CVS, we have all of these folks that have come together. And as I was watching, I said to my wife and some of my kids were there, I said, see, look, guys, when, when, when crisis comes, competitors become partners because the humanity uh, is is far greater than just grabbing all the money. And it was just an amazing picture. I loved it. I was able to teach my kids that humanity matters way more than trying to make money.
1: And and, in external threats, in fact, Arnold Toynbee in his History of the World writes about the civilizations that have uh, basically dissolved, uh, imploded. The thing that causes a civilization to regain its grip and to become vibrant again is external challenges whether they be from a physical enemy or an enemy even such as this that pulls the nation together to fight as the president has described an invisible enemy and if we come together and we cross over those partisan lines we cross over you know those lines that divide us and all of a sudden we find ourselves unified this could strengthen the very fabric of our republic. It sure can. And and uh, and what a lot of people may
0: not know about you is how influential you were and instrumental you were in getting uh, the Republican Party platform to basically one of the most conservative platforms in the history of politics. And you were so largely influential in that. And I just want to make sure our listeners know that about you. And another thing um, that they probably already know about you, and they've probably put two and two together, your name being Tony Perkins, you've got the initials of the very thing that all of our stores are sold out of.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But I had my own stock, so I'm in good shape.
0: (laughs) Yes, you do. Hey, Tony.
1: Oh, I love
0: it. Hey, Tony, um, we uh, talked to our listeners about The Faithful Five. If you're going to be an expert owner, you want to own every area of your life, beginning with your faith, and then the relationships in your family, and then your finances, your fitness, and also the relationships with your friends, your friendships. Those are the faithful five. How are you owning it? Go ahead and just pick out one of those, maybe two of those. We know you're owning every
1: single one of those, but just pick out a few of those and let us know how you're doing it. Well, you you, you got to make it priority, and you've got to you you can't wait for things to happen. You got to make them happen. Faith, my my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is priority, and and so I carve out um, my the beginning of every day for prayer, Bible study, followed by uh, physical fitness. I work out every day now, not the way you girls do. you guys yeah. do, but I, <laughs> yeah. I work out Shots work fired. out every day.
0: <laughs> I love it,
1: and. Uh, You know, I don't have a lot of external activities. You know, I don't play golf. You know, I I, I cycle, I run, but that's all for fitness. And so the rest of the time is spent with the family. Um, I I just, at this phase, and this has been some of the most exciting years in the last five to six years when my kids have been at an age of, of uh, discipleship where I can really disciple them. In fact, my first daughter's getting married here in just a few days. Wow! And and so being able to equip them and prepare them and launch them has been, been my focus outside of uh, my personal relationship with the Lord, which is really kind of an extension of that. Uh, outside of work, it's the family. It's what I focus on. Your daughter's getting married. Is it a virtual wedding? Yeah, it's gonna it's it's uh, it's unfortunately been affected by the uh, the fact that you can't have more than ten people meet. So the grandparents are going to be watching via Facebook, and uh, and then we're going to have another ceremony. I'm actually doing I'm presiding. I am the uh, officiant of the wedding, um, so I'm gonna gonna walk my daughter down to meet me, and then. Uh, <laughs> So it's going to be a little different, but we're going to probably come back in the fall and do the full ceremony and have a have a celebration. But it's a unique times in which we live.
0: Yes. Your daughter will never forget it, and neither will we. Hey, Tony, it's been awesome talking with you. Thanks so much for taking the time. We know you're really busy in D.C. and, and then at home and everything else that you're doing, we really appreciate you, and we appreciate your leadership. Thanks,
1: man. Well, David, Jason, always great to be with you. Thank you, guys. Keep it up.
0: I loved what he said when he told us, listen, now is the time for leaders and small business owners, big business owners, whoever really don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause I get kind of, I'm like, man, I got to stay at home again. (laughs) What on earth? You know, I remember dad, he said, you know, they're trying to burn down the house to kill the termites, which I mean, I get that at the same time. I'm also looking at Spain. I'm looking at Italy. I'm looking at France. It's like, man, this thing's spreading, so we want to be faithful. Small takeaway for small business owners, he simply said, go find a need and meet a need. Just find people who are in need and go, and go meet that need. Well, it that's It be very, business. something very simple. Yeah, it is. That's business 101. It is. And, 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 and with a situation like this, you pause, then you pivot, plan, and go and pursue them. You like all those Ps? Ooh, that's a lot of Ps. Yeah, Ps. you do. That means you're a Baptist. Here, here's a takeaway. Um, he talked about um, having a lack of distractions now at the home. He said, uh, "You know, now that now that so many people are working out of their house and they're at home, uh, it really eliminates the distractions with all the sporting events. Now I've got five kids; you only have four, but our kids are playing sports. Yeah, and I have absolutely enjoyed not having to go to any. Oh my gosh, sports games. the week having an entire weekend, like Friday night all the way to Monday morning, with no sports. You don't, you're not watching them. I mean, unless you're watching. No, I I do miss it. it. Backdated." Yeah. Stuff I do miss it but it's been very good for our family and then he's talking about home church and leading in your home church and these other things and that that's pretty intimidating for a lot of people um but it's but, possible it's doable yeah. well man, if you it was, can it was if good can. to have him on and uh, I think my comment about the tp thing was just yeah. so spot on I think that was the highlight was, of the whole talk that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard I thought it was awesome Hey, if you're looking to crack the code to have financial freedom, a thriving business, and a life of impact, the best resource we know is our Expert Ownership course, where we take you through a step-by-step process to help you become a CEOpreneur You can earn more income and even have more impact, especially with those people that matter the most to you in your family and in your friendships. ExpertOwnership.com is your course.